Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to a very special edition of Wrestling Chat with Friends. This is our stuffed edition. We know tomorrow is Thanksgiving, so we are going to chat all things wrestling and get a full plate here today. As always, my name is Megan Rickman Blackwood. I am your favorite heel and heels, and uh, I am joined tonight, as always, by Cheats Two Belts. Meow, 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 meow. Uh, Ty gimmick incoming had to not be with us tonight. Um, and we are very, very sad about that. Uh, you know, we always like to have the, uh, man from Stanford here so he can pull, pull weight for WWE. Um, but in his absence, I'm very excited about our friend tonight. Um, who we, uh, get to share with you is actually my little brother, um, that I love and care about so, so much. Um, I'm going to give him the gimmick name of Uncle Kiki, but y'all please welcome Kevon Crude, a uh, longtime wrestling fan. And, uh, Hello. How's it going? So good. Are you excited? Are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hopefully no one starts calling me Kiki after this one. <laughs> Uncle Kiki. Uh, cheats. He's been like, the reason, like, I was like, oh, we got to get him on is because he was um, he was listening through the episodes on Spotify and I was getting show notes, like, while it was happening. Oh, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I don't like this comment that Ty made. Love well, it. I think you guys Love it. should have <laughs> talked about that. I think it's going to be an ongoing gimmick that will keep them separate for a very long time. Oh, my we'll, God. We'll bring them together for, like, a pay-per-view. So, oh Uncle God, Kiki and Ty will be together one of these days. <laughs> but we've got to we've got to tease it like our wrestling storytelling. Where now this oh is my just, God. this is your vignette moment. You're on this is the vignette, yeah. like Zia Lee. You're going to be coming to SmackDown. We'll see. Or like um like the intro of the uh, promo for y'all's eventual fight is is when right. I introduce the beef. Yeah, there's a long it's a long burn, I guess. Because I was expecting him to be here. I was ready for it, you know, but. It's all good. I'm tired today. So, you know, he can get me when I'm more uh, well-rested, you know. Okay. So we have anticipated Big Beef. And I want you guys to officially know that we're taking notes from Tony Khan. So this is the long book. Uh, maybe in a maybe in a year we'll have the uh, the, the Kivon uh, tie throwdown on comments. So, uh, Kivon, you know you've been listening. Um, we start the same way every week. Uh, what are you popping for this week? What was your favorite moment from a match? What was the best match that you saw this week? Um, um, what's got you popping? Kevon, go ahead and get us started. This week, can I can I like say the last two weeks? Can I like kind of go a little further? Can I go to like the full gear? Yes, because it is we allowed. About full gear yet? Okay, so we're go ahead and let that. We'll let it stand this week. All right, sweet. Because like watching live, there was a lot of Eddie Guerrero tributes going on that I didn't know why. And I was like, why is all the Eddie praise happening? And I love Eddie. He's like one of my favorites. And it, it turned out that that's where he died. And that was the anniversary of his death. And I was like, wow, that's like, you know, heavy and beautiful. You know, so like that, that's what got me the most. That. Absolutely. Cheats and I talked about that on our uh, Instagram live last week. Um, we didn't jump too deep into full gear, but that was actually what I was popping for last week. Um, yeah. It felt like. It felt like there was at least two or three matches that were just like love poems to Eddie, you know. Yeah. It was moves. It was you know everybody was doing a little shimmy, um, which is why I was so hyped that Vicky got such a great reaction. Um, 
in Norfolk. She got her own chance. All right, Cheats, what about you? What are you popping for? Yeah, no, I I will say, and we 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 talked a little bit about that part on the uh, on the IG live following the Norfolk show. Um, I will reiterate, as I reiterated on the show, love the eighty tributes. I do love them. It got to be a bit much. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out because I, I, my reference on the IG live, and I'll say it here, was it started to remind me of Kobe tributes to the point where like everybody had a Kobe story. And I was like, hey, everybody don't know Kobe like that. So it was like, you know, it was a lot of Eddie tributes. But the ones that meant the most for me, I know, was Jericho because of Jer- Jericho's relationship between Eddie, uh, Chris Jericho and Benoit. Um, in the way that they kind of traveled every step of their careers together uh, up until the end really meant a lot. Um, there were a couple others, uh, obviously, uh, Lucha Brothers with their tribute to Eddie as well, um, having that Latino heritage. The, you know, a lot of those meant a lot. Some of them I was just like, all right, bro. Right. <laughs> like, not, not everybody knows Eddie like that. However, um, this week, I'm going to stay with AEW. Go figure. We're big AEW marks over here. And I'm going to say the Sammy Guevara Jay Lethal match was one <laughs> that I was. Ex- uh, so uh, I've always I've been a long fan of Jay Lethal. Um, he's at the age of his stage of his career where I was really wondering if it was going to happen for him. Um, in regards to one of the two kind of big boys in America, if you will, AEW or WWE, kind of realized that WWE is probably not going to be the home for Jay Lethal to be a star. Um, And so Jay Lethal, Impact, Ring of Honor, the way that he kind of has always been a top guy in those institutions. Um, When he came, when Ring of Honor made their announcement that, you know, they're restructuring and, trying to figure out to pick up the pieces financially and how to come back in 2022. And they released all of their wrestlers. Jay Lethal is the first person that I'm like, where's this guy going to land? Is he, is this the shot for him to make a run full gear? They announced that he is already signed. Like he's just the, the top guy that could, they could sign. And they signed him, they bought him in and then they were giving him a match for the, for the TNT title right away with Sammy and my mind gets turning to kind of they did the kind of same thing with Eddie Kingston, and that's how he kind of kind of got signed and did, did this thing. Um, you know, his meteoric rise in wrestling now is is because of this is kind of the way they bought him in. And I'm wondering, how do you use Jay Lethal? you got to have a great match with Sammy. That's going to be a phenomenal match, and it was. But you also kind of figured they weren't going to put Jay over first time to get the belt. They can't do that, can they? Um, but they did. I think they did the, an amazing match, like the perfect introduction. Jay Lethal, I think, is all elite now that and will be able to hopefully make his way to have a significant run in the company. Um, and then to follow it up and put a bow on it, I went back and watched Sammy Guevara's vlog. I don't watch a lot of Sammy's vlog, but it's so good. And I, I think I should watch it a lot more. And they did the vlog from Norfolk um, and kind of set up the, the Jay Lethal match on the vlog and did some things with Ty Conti. And uh, it was hilarious, but it was also good. But it was also one of those things where 
he really had this like deep appreciation and affinity for Jay Legal and was truly honored to share the ring with him. Um, and that type of stuff was just awesome to see behind the scenes. So I am popping for Jay Lethal and Sammy Guevara's blog um, because they did a, just a phenomenal job. I am so glad that you're finally getting on the uh, AEW. There's too, there's too many of them, Megan. There's too many there's of them. There's so many. There's really okay, so a lot of them. There's, there is a ton of them. I, so um, Thunder but, Rosa, I do Thunder Rosa's blog Thunder and Rosa's I do Sammy Guevara. I can't yeah. do everyone. The bunny has one. Like at B, being the page, Uno. There's too many. Of them. I think you should There's at too least many. follow BTE a lot. Yeah, I watch some of that. Ends up in storylines, like comes from BTE. Yeah, I watch them. Um, or stuff that stuff that like um, helps to like add. So they're not going to just throw something on on TV that's just purely BTE. I mean, well, okay, they kind budge. of budge, <laughs> budge, but like builds and adds layers to stuff that like is happening in main storylines right a lot of it's stupid and silly but like again with the long-term storytelling like there was stuff that happened on bte where um i remember it was halloween last year and it was like right when hangman was starting to kind of collapse and fall apart and he was getting like drunk in the parking lot with preston vance and this is all on bte and, like, their thing was, like, throwing pumpkins. Like, they were driving around throwing pumpkins. And, um, it like, earlier in the thing, Adam was like, I should apologize to the books. Like, in the BTE episode. And then he goes on this rampage and he loses his phone. And then you see his phone come up and it's, like, a message from Matt, right? Like, we're good or we're together. But he's lost his phone. So it's, like, all this stuff that later on builds into, like, layers into the story um that i think you know they they do a great job telling like the simple nod from matt on the corner before hangman went for the buckshot right before he won the championship like they're such good storytellers but bte really does like fill in these really cool gaps where like you'll be looking at something and you're like oh my gosh this is like a payoff of a of, of a sketch a stupid bit on bte six months ago so um, I, I, as a storyteller, as a poet, I have like a very special place in my heart for the, I think my son just gave me bunny ears because <laughs> I asked him to bring me water. Um, but I have a very special place in my heart for people that can hold a long-term plot. Um, so yes, please start watching more, but I'm glad you started with Sammy and Thunder Rosa. And that brings me to my pop of the week. I don't know if you guys saw it, but Booker T put on this, uh, promotion in a brewery. And um, one of the spots was Thunder Rosa was in the middle of a fight. And um, I forget the guy who it was. Dave it was LaGreca. Like one of the pod- Dave, La- Dave LaGreca. Dave LaGreca. Yeah, yeah like one of Busted the, like, Open. Yep. One of the wrestling podcast yeah. guys. She put him through like a whole, it looked like, a, it was like a warehouse. So like a whole couple pallets of beer cans. And it looked like she murdered this man. Like you thought both of them were dead. And then Thunder Rosa pops up. <laughs> like the m- wonderful, amazing woman that she is, um, and just was like, yeah. Um, and I, I think I lost a little bit of my mind when I saw that. I retweeted it everywhere. I commented on all the other pictures of it. Like I, I'm such a, I'm such a mark for Thunder Rosa. She is amazing. And if that woman does not get a belt soon, I am gonna 
be very unhappy. That was my tweet, actually. I was like, put the AEW championship on her, put the TBS belt on her, let her fight Sammy for the TNT bike. Like, I don't care which belt you give this woman, but she needs a belt and soon. Um, okay. I don't think she's going to get one. What, what do you think she's going to get? I don't think she's going to get one. I think Jade Jade's going to oh. get the TBS belt. I think Jade gets the TBS belt. I think Dr. Brett Baker keeps the uh, the women's championship. I think Thunder Rosa can be in the title picture, but I don't think she gets. I don't think she gets the strap any anytime soon. I think AEW is like there's very little quick title changes. Like the quickest one was Cody with the TNT, like the second reign, and that was leading to Darby. You know, so like most of their wrestlers who are champions get at least six months. I feel like. So it's going it's to be a while, but it's like, you know, that's even more time to, like, want it more. I don't know. I think, like, if you look at what female on their roster is doing the most um, to build their own career, like, at other, at indie shows, at other promotions, like, I think hands down, it's Thunder Rosa. And I think she deserves it. Like, a lot of people point to Brit as like the face of the division and i mean i can't say too much i got on my my rebel she, i was gonna say she but, is the, she she is the face of the division don't look yeah. at my shirt i want no, to but no, she's the face of the division though Brit, Brit's the she face is of the division. right yeah. but i what what i would argue is is that the match that put her in that position and and unquestionably in that position was her match with thunder rosa the lights out match i disagree right? like, you disagree? Where do you think she was was popping before that? Well, like she wasn't popping, but she was always from day one designed to be the face of the company of the uh, women's division. But yeah, like they didn't know what to do with her. They were trying and, to make her a face, and it wasn't working. Yeah, like I think Kenny, like she had um, Kenny suggested she went she go heel, and then like the um, her match with Sheeta when she when her nose got broken. Yeah, and. Um, that's when the whole bloody hard cam shot happened and the first shirt happened. And then, then she started to get pop. And then I feel like, you know, um, so like they were like, she was already like on that trajectory, you know, but I feel like that was the icing on the cake was the, uh, the there was a match for sure. Absolutely. I don't know, man. Cheats. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to put a pin in this but one. I, yeah. I was right. gonna say, I, I mean, where, where does she, where does she get one? She's not. I think Jade gets the TBS. I think she should take the. I think she should take the women's belt off Brit. I, think I mean, that, that, that could be a setup. That could be a. That could be a setup there. They could. They could. They could print them because obviously, and we'll get into full gear. But Ty Conti's not not going to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I heard that maybe, possibly, she beats Jamie Hader and then they rebel. Uh, they they screw her over. In her, in her following match, and then she goes after Bit Baker after that. That's what I heard could happen. You yeah, know, absolutely. Like, H- Hater's going to turn. Hater's too good to be in that seat. So yeah. Jamie Hater is going to be, if not, you know, she would be my second pick for the TBS title. It's going to be over I Ruby. Th- interesting, because again, we've gone we've gone on a tangent. We got to get back on this escape. But the interesting thing about Ruby Soho is you're right. Do you want it? Do you want to hang the belt on experience? Because if you do, then you have Ruby carry it. If you want to hang it on the next big wow factor thing, you give it to Jade. And I think that was that was where I thought they would go. But I do think Jamie Hayter is Hayter is going to figure out a way to get out of that 
to to screw Brett Baker over and get in the title picture. And I think that that you know somehow they're going to turn around. They're too good for her to be uh, Brett Baker stooge. You know what I mean? Well, Rebel, for Rebel the record, uh, I will never redirect a women's wrestling tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't. I no, can't no, no, no. <laughs> In my spirit it's one of my hard rules i just am never going to redirect that i'm going to let us talk about that and since we're here um to come back to rosa like i think um one thing that i'm starting to see with tony khan that i really appreciate is like he's not afraid to give the fans what they want even if it's like maybe a little predictable you know the big thing at, at wwe <laughs> unless your name is eddie kingston unless your name is eddie kingston because the, the people um, wanted that win you wanted it so bad. Yeah, but um, I think that, uh, like Punk said it best, he was like, you know, if you know what your people want, like, why are you not giving it to them? And I think for a long time, like, we have, we've been built to expect the swerve or the uh, subverted expectations like the, the WWE was doing there for a long time. And, <laughs> like, I think... As you laugh, Kevon, because you're like, I can call them all them all away. But again, I'm just, right, I'm going to end here on my women. But I do think that if we are looking at like just straight up the person that the fans are the most excited about, like I do watch her blog and like um like the Comic Cons that she goes to, people are you know they're popping for her real big. They're popping for her huge at the Indies. Like she gets big pops at shows. Um. And and even during her matches, you know, like where they're in the big six person match, you've got it's lukewarm, 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 like Thunder Rosa hits the ring and people are back on their feet and excited and screaming. Um, so I do think if she continues to build her brand, like it's it is a natural uh, progression for her to get a belt. And again, as I said, she can fight Sammy for the TNT belt and we all know she can hang hang with the the men in the ring. But anyway, alas, even though I would love to spend the entire hour talking about ladies wrestling because we do not get nearly enough time to talk about it, I think it is important that we do, even though I just was like, hey, this is my little brother, um, we always ask our guests a couple of questions, Yvonne, and um, it helps us to get to know you and helps our people get to know you and kind of where you're coming from. Um, So the first one is, how did you get into wrestling? And then, yeah. like, who is your top guy, either of all time or right now? Whichever one. Start with how you got into uh, it. How I got into it, I do not remember. Like, I don't remember not being into it. Like, it, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't remember when I wasn't watching wrestling. You know, like, I feel like I've always been watching wrestling. I know the time was the Attitude Era. Like, you know, like, and Stone Cold and The Rock were my guys. Well, mainly The Rock, you know, but... I don't remember the specific moment I got into wrestling. I just knew I was always watching it. Mm. So um, it feels like since birth, honestly, but I don't know. No one else got me into it but me. So I don't know why I started watching it. I think it was just one of those meant to be things, maybe. But uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, sometimes I think those are like the the most interesting stories. Like some people have like a super defining moment where they're like, I remember I watched this match at this time and I've been a fan ever since. Right. But like, it's kind of the same way for me. Like I know my my grandpa loved wrestling. And so we would watch like the Saturday night territory matches back in the 80s and stuff. And then I picked back up in the Attitude Era. It's just like, it's always kind of been a part of my life. And um mm-hmm. 
I don't think there's anything wrong with that, man. Like there's, there's, you grew up with some good company. You got yeah. some good, good people to look at <laughs> and figure out how to be a person. Even if sometimes you scream woo and chop someone across their chest in your grown up life. <laughs> I mean, wrestling for me is like, you can like pinpoint points in your life based on wrestling storylines. At least I can, you know? So like, it's been like a, a time capsule for me. Just like, Oh, this, ha- I remember where I was when this and that happened. I do remember that kind of stuff, but I just don't remember the first thing that got me into it, for sure. So uh, you said you were big uh, rock and Stone Cold guys during the, or guy, during the Attitude Era. Like who right now, like either promotion, any promotion, not either, yeah. because there's, there's more than just the two, but uh, any promotion, like who right now really has you the most excited? Are you the most interested to see? Well, it's sad because it's Kenny Omega and he's he's on leave right now, you know? So, like, I mean, I mean, like, it's, it's, if it's not Kenny Omega, it's Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. for sure. Like, because um, he changed my perspective on wrestling, honestly. Like, um, if, I, if I wasn't a fan of Brian Danielson, I wouldn't have been a fan of Kenny Omega, you know? Like, um, I wouldn't have known about the Indies. I wouldn't have known about Ring of Honor or anything like that, you know? So like it's definitely like when when Brian Danielson retired, it became Kenny Omega. So like my mind was blown when they wrestled each other. I was like, <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, like right now, it's 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 not a tie, I guess, but like a uh, tie. But um, it's it's more so yeah, it's it's, it's Brian Danielson because he's still there right now. But like Kenny, Kenny's had an amazing run recently, like being a champion everywhere while while having vertigo and like having um abdominal issues and shoulder issues and all these problems and he's putting on the matches he's put on you know and it feels i feel good knowing that i was right because people you know he came to aw we want new japan kenny back you know i'm like no like give it time let it you know let it simmer and then we got there and it was great yeah did Magic. you know that uh kenny was suffering with so much issues before i did he made the announcement that he was stepping down i i didn't I, i'm i'm interested to to fully understand the difference between New Japan Kenny and AEW Kenny. Because I, I yeah. really didn't know New Japan Kenny. So tell me, I knew it was a big deal, but I didn't yeah. full, I didn't go back and watch the matches and know why. So how would you describe the difference between AEW Kenny and New Japan Kenny? I think a lot of wrestling fans wear like rose-colored lenses a lot when they speak, if I'm being honest. Like, because in presentation, they're not much different. It's just booking wise. I think AEW didn't want to repeat like WCW mistakes. So like Kenny was losing coming in. He was they were getting beat down. They were, you know, we weren't seeing Kenny be him full his full, like cartoonish, um, over the top. I, I I'm a, I'm the leader of a big group self, you know, like it was more so like they were almost treating him like he was a new talent. You know, and in, in a lot of cases he was because he was, it was a, it's a new audience, you know, it's like, even though we know who he is, everyone else didn't, a national audience didn't know who he was, you know, so like, I think wrestling fans, myself included, tend to be a bit selfish and we want our, we want to get everything now and it's like, I just anticipate like, yeah, it's going to happen, you know, I, I'm I'm ready for it, but I'm willing to wait and so, like, even now, you can make an argument that we didn't get New Japan and Kenny back. 
but it's like you can't because New Japan is a very different promotion. It's not on it's not on TV. They can they can wrestle as long as they want. They can um a lot of their promos aren't catered to Americans. Like it's not the same, you know. It's it's a different it's a different beast, you know. And I don't want to cake for Kenny, but like I think he proved himself, you know, and um I think just we've been conditioned to expect certain things. And when we get different things, we automatically assume it's a negative thing, you know. So was I a big fan of the mustache and the like the the uh whatever he was wearing? No. Blue man too. Yeah, like uh the motorhead he had on, the triple H, you know, the uh the um the evolution beauty hat. No, but like I still got the best wrestler in the world in my opinion, you know. Um and just the, yeah, I think the last championship run is really undeniable. When he won the belt yeah. and carried it through Moxley, he had a Great match with Christian Cage. Great match with Brian Danielson. He had some really good. I think he had a match. Did he have an Orange Cassidy title appearance in there? Like uh, triple threat, him and Pack and, and yeah, Orange yeah, Cassidy. They had some. I mean, he had some really good matches where I think he had to really, you know, carry a lot. Like I think the best match he's ever had in AEW is the Danielson match, right? The sixty minute time run out match. It's debatable, uh, right? Is it debatable? I is don't there a know. Better match than the Danielson I- match. Uh, the tag uh, team match against him and uh, Hangman versus the Bucks. Some people consider it like the the, the best tag team match of all time. I think that was that. But it's know. not. Personally, <laughs> personally. Like as you say, is it better than the Lucha Brothers Bucks in the cage match? No. I think it's debatable. Honestly, just <laughs> like okay, let's 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 okay. First of all, first of all, people want to say people want to say AEW doesn't storytell. Who says that? AEW storytells. Uh, WWE fans said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yes, you have you have all the high spots and you have all the like, whoa, oh my god, moments in the cage match. But you have so many callbacks that mean so much in a tag team match. You have so much character work in that tag team match with athleticism. You know what I mean? So it's like you get everything in that. I love Lucha Bros, but it's like a car crash, like derby of like metal, like scrapping and it's like it's like a uh, crazy thing i'm biased because lucha bros are my favorite wrestlers yeah. of all time right now like right now okay. they're my favorite wrestlers right now in all any right. promotion so like they lucha bros can do no wrong for me but right like i mean I, lucha bros are amazing the young bucks are amazing i have a hard time keeping up with all their spots i'm like how did you get to that to that to that so much but like I want my cake and I want to eat it too. And if I want story, I, I want athleticism and I want storytelling. If I can get both in one match, you, you sold me. You sold me. So like, I feel like they're missing the elements in the cage match. But you can debate it because you can say all the stuff we did, all the stuff they did, was enough to say it's better than that match. And I couldn't argue with you. It's just a preference. You know, it's a difference in opinion. You know. But yeah. even even that tag team match isn't my favorite match of theirs because they had a match with Kenny and Kota Ibushi um, at a Japan show in, uh, in in Florida with the Bucks. And it was kind of a similar storyline told there, but I feel like it was steps ahead of that one. But people don't know that match as well. So, yeah, no, I, yeah, I, that, I, I, all of it is the thing is they're all a matches they're eight yeah you know if you're debating a plus versus a minus type thing but i think right. i think kenny really showed himself in this last title run. if 
because I, I was confused too when he first came into AEW and I started paying attention and I'm first introduced to this guy where they're saying years upon years upon years, this guy is best wrestler in the world or top, uh, top three, uh, like every year. And, you know, you've got to see this Kenny Omega and I'm looking at the early matches and I was like, don't know if I'm finding it with him. And it, 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 it really took, you know, I think he's was the, the the time over time. It took yeah. him uh, like you know you got to see him work with Hangman and the tag when they were carrying the tag belts, and then you got to see him like get the belt and kind of carry you know carry that. It's interesting because Omega to me is this like really important AEW figure, and it was great. I think him holding the title was a great, really great use. But it was also like, I don't necessarily know if he was ever like the face of the company yet, per se, or even during this run. Because I think when we would start, we would argue that Cody was the face of the company. And then it was, you know, and, you know, it is what it is. But then, you know, you move into this kind of time where Mox is clearly the, the, the face of the company. And then even if he's not carrying a belt. And then it's like Omega's always around. He has a strap. He doesn't have the strap. You know what I mean? He's always a big, big part of it. But, you know, even now you would say Punk and Danielson could be, quote, unquote, the faces of AEW right now. And it's like, it's interesting that he's maintained this level of re- relevancy and this level of, like, main event status without necessarily having to be – because he's the type of guy that could have been like, guys, no, this is Kitty Omega put me, you know what I mean? Like make me this. And I think all of them to their credit, whether it's Cody or the Bucks or Kenny Omega, all of those guys were really this weird, like we want the company to survive and to do so young bucks have to put over private party. You know what I mean? Like things have to happen early on. So they know it's not all about us, you know? Right. Cause they, they listen to the, the, the Twitter feeds. They watch what people say. So they, they're in tune. They don't. They don't want to like repeat the same mistakes that WCW did, you know. And but then it's like you go too far, and you have to start like showing that these guys are top guys. You know, you can't just keep putting over the other talent. There's ways of doing that without necessarily, you know, losing to them or or giving them too much. Um, too much, you know. Like I mean, I think at first Cody was good at that originally. Like he, him, and Darby drawed. You know, he put Darby over without losing to him. Technically, you know, like. There were ways of building other stars, but I think initially with the Bucks and Kenny, they were maybe falling too short to other people and not showing that they were actually the top talent there. Especially with the whole EVP thing, they didn't want to like feel like sure. they were just running the show. Yeah. So it, yeah. And I think they like, I think they've done a very good job of like what actually was very uh, interesting to me was I think the introduction of Don Callis. I think that that allowed them to have like a swarmy like heel guy uh, to rally behind. Even though I mean I hate him, which means he's doing a great job. Um, but I think it gave them kind of like it was a shield, right? Because they are still EVPs, they still run the company, they still like 
have to be the people that come out, you know, for the the stock calls and the Comic Cons and the big announcements. So like we can't hate them too much. So um, the introduction of Don Callis, I think, was really interesting in the development of Kenny's character and the Bucks and um, developing them kind of as that heel faction. But Moving along, gentlemen, because I feel like I could let y'all go about about Kenny all day, too. Like, we keep wandering into great conversations. But speaking of uh, busting into things, uh, how do we feel about the young man who uh, tackled Seth Rollins this week? How do we feel about fan run-ins in general? Uh, It seems like this young man had some mental health issues, definitely, that he was dealing with. Um, So we want to be sensitive to that. Uh, But this isn't a one-off. We've seen this quite a few times um so so give me y'all's take y'all's hot take on um the the run-in that we had this week no it's it's it's, uh disappointing um upsetting and i mean clearly just flat out wrong um if you got to protect the talent um you've got to fans have to have barriers even at a at a wrestling uh, you know, professional wrestling event, a professional wrestling show, something as big as Monday Night Raw, um, but even as small as a house show, there's there's limits to what fans should be able to do and can. Um, WWE said that they've identified the guy and, you know, obviously he was wrestling on the spot and they'll prosecute him. Um, you know, they're saying they'll prosecute him fully. I mean, I do hope they, they check on his mental status. It seems like you said um, there is some some concerns there that he's either an obsessive fan. Um, I think there's like tweets going back and forth or social media posts that let him know that he was probably uh, too involved in the product, but also, um, you know, disturbed. Uh, But it's, it's, it's a dangerous scheme. It's a scary scene. Um, I will go as far as giving a lot of credit to Seth Rollins um, for being able to kind of subdue the man without hurting him. You know, Seth was clearly upset, clearly, um, you know, guys just finishing a match. He's coming out in character and has this kind of horrific thing happen. And so for him to subdue the guy, get up, remain pretty much, you know, in character enough to do his final poses on the, on the Tron beforehand, got to give a lot of credit to Seth. And, and we just got to figure out how to keep people safe, all people, um, you know, audience members, but also the talent. Um, and hopefully you can, you know, you do the best you can not to make these types of incidents uh, promoted and encouraged um, or give people an idea that they can do these things. Um, but it was a scary moment, man. I'm glad everybody's, for the most part, seems to be okay. Glad Seth is okay. And I, I thought he handled himself very well. <laughs> Um, honestly, I'm very disappointed and it's, it's because I feel like as a wrestling fan, he represents us, you know? And so like, because I feel like there's a taboo when it comes to fandom and, um, when you have throughout the years, maybe, um, people who voice their opinions about certain things in wrestling, maybe the promotion or the company would be like, well, these fans, these fans and like the group us together, you know? So like when one person messes up, I feel like it messes, it's, it's bad for all of us, you know? Um, but I think there is a mental health component to it for sure. And even going back to a couple of months ago, there was the MJF and Jericho segment 
where a fan yeah a fan was on the yeah on the, on the rope yeah. and then Jericho yeah. hit him and whatever something like that happened and the fan was seeking praise on Twitter afterwards from Jim Cornette because Jim Cornette he's you know he's like I want to I'm going to uh, speak controversially about these topics and so it gets people going. So this fan's like, um, look, Cornette, I did it for you. I did it for, you know, I, sh- I showed these marks. And it's like, Cornette's like, no, that's bad. Don't do that. You're blocked. You know, so like just the culture of fandom is a bit toxic and it's a bit, um, it's a bit of a cluster, you know? So like there's a balancing, there's balancing that needs to be done, you know, where we need to be vocal, but we need to be respectful and need to be able to present ourselves honestly, but in a respectful manner. Um, I don't know what's up with the guy. I don't know if he was intoxicated. I don't know um, where the security was. Um, but I hope he's okay mentally. But like, you can't, you can't not expect him to, you know, go for a full like punishment there. Because you have to send a message out to people. You can't do that under any circumstance. I definitely agree. And I think it's it's interesting because, like, um, they are entertainers. But, like, how often do we see – they're entertainers and they're athletes, right? So they're, like, in this weird kind of in-between phase. So, like, how often do we see, like – musicians or actors get like mobbed in the well they get mobbed but like you know somebody bum rushes them on stage or even athletes and stuff like that so I think that um it's a weird space right uh because people are you know they're they're living kayfabe so they they think that like these guys are real bad guys and they want to attack them or whatever in the case of this guy I believe they said somebody had catfished him and he thought that he was talking to Seth Rollins and like Mm -hmm. had built like sort of like a friendship and then like the guy stopped talking to him um I saw some of the tweets and stuff but I do think it's interesting and it's something that I think um our our sport needs to kind of reckon with and and make some more safety plans for for the 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 athletes entertainers I think that's really important um okay guys so we have talked about all the things and so we like ran a little over um so I'm going to give you guys a choice we can either go over the matches from Survivor Series or we can go over the matches from Full Gear which one are you guys feeling more i know recent so, bias like survivor series happened recently. yeah i feel and i also feel like we've been very AEW heavy right now and we, we yeah. do want to share some <laughs> of the other tie. things some of the other <laughs> things that are happening uh in but if he's not here it's, it's his fault that's his fault so, i know uh, right I, I will be glad to talk about survival series that all I'm right just, all right just watched on I'm the gonna, replay i'm gonna give you the uh i'm gonna give you the 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 pass there for our, our good friend Ty. Ty, we miss you, man. You need to come back from Stanford and so, get on the get on the pod. Yeah, man. So Survivor Series 2021. It's it, it's actually one of my favorite legacy pay-per-views for WWE. Survival Series is something that I remember as a very, very young kid. I think this was the 25th anniversary of Survival Series. Um, and I remember like the real Survivor Series matches. Like now they do this thing where it's brand supremacy, brand versus brand champions have to fight and try to figure out the brand stuff. But back in the day, like every match was a survival series match. And it was like a four on four 
Like, you know what I mean? And it was like a series of team leaders. Remember, like, the Ultimate Warrior had a team versus the Heart Foundation had a team. And that was like the whole event. Now, 2021 and, you know, in modern era, they literally have two Survival Series matches, a men's Survival Series match and a women's Survival Series match. And then they had the champion on champion stuff, which can I just say for the record, the best brand battles they ever had where I guess it was a rival series, but it was SmackDown versus Raw versus NXT. And hmm. that was, I want to say, two years ago? It might have been last ago. year, two years ago. But it was a whole big thing because, remember, they couldn't get the plane back from Saudi Arabia and Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. And they had the SmackDown where, like, NXT had to fill, like, the two hours. It was amazing. And then they ran it into this, what brand was legitimately better. And they had, like, and it was really this direction for NXT that I really enjoyed. Um, and it just went away. It was obviously flopped down. It's NXT 2.0. It's a whole thing. But I really love that. And I will say, this particular Survival Series, if you want to talk about storytelling, it was not done. Uh, it was really, it was really, like, let's just get, you know, get past Crown Jewel. We've got Survival Series, which should be this huge thing, but they didn't tell any stories. Um, and they, and you know, so I'll get into quickly um, what I think were the best matches of Survivor Series 2021. And for the most part, they were the champion versus champion matches. So Becky Lynch, the Raw Women's Champion, took on Charlotte Flair for the Women's uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. And the storyline that they did do with this one Basically, they had to because they couldn't ignore it because of all the controversy between backstage, Charlotte taking heat. And we should all quickly lift up a prayer for Charlotte. Word on the street is Andrade unfollowed her and they're having some, mar- you know, they're they're engaged. So they had some merit. They have some stuff right. going on. They have some personal I problems. Gonna, I was going to um, that's where I was going to like because you were like, oh, there's not a lot of storytelling. But I mean, no. maybe this is the only. No, this is the I only one. I watched her interview afterwards, and yeah. like, the, she looked legit upset. No, this is the, like le- the shit she was saying. It felt like a shoot. It didn't feel like a, no. Like a, uh, it's still work. they're still working. But, so Becky, yeah, they're 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 they really are. And Seth, I don't know if anybody caught the Errol Hawani Seth interview after that. I did. It's all a work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is real heat on Charlotte backstage. Um there is a concern about Charlotte's like just current, like actual life right now. However, um, they actually put up a hell of a match. So for anybody that was paying attention and I will tell you this, the match, they put up a hell of a match and it quickly proved one thing to me, which is Charlotte Flair is by far the best women's wrestler in the company. I think that she is an amazing worker. What she's able to do in the ring, you know, whether it's technical, whether it's uh, athletic, whether it's just getting the crowd to put heat on her, she's really good. I think, if anything, Becky Lynch as an actual wrestler, not that great. Like, I think, I don't think in regards to an actual wrestling match, what she does in the I think she's the, I think she's the best personality in the women's division. <laughs> Big time Bex, Becky Two Belts, The Man. I think they're amazing personalities. But, I, you know, I'm known to say a few uh, 
controversial statements, especially when it comes to the world of hip hop, where I also <laughs> dabble. And this is not this is a long standing take. So you can get mad at me all you want. But I think Tupac is an amazing personality. I do not. <laughs> I do not think he's a great. Ra- I don't think he's a great rapper. <laughs> Tupac is not. Ow. So, How do we go from that to that? I say I that. I, I say that to say Becky Lynch is the Tupac of the WWE right now. She's a great okay. personality. She does great things, but she's great. She's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Period. Stop. This is not the point. My point is. So this is, is that- are you saying Charlotte is Biggie? Are you saying Charlotte? No, Biggie? I'm saying that. Here's the thing: mm. in a rap competition about bars, lyrics, and the way that okay. rap is put together, okay, Biggie is a dominant. Per, like he's a better rapper than Tupac. There you go. Mm. Hold, your to- hold your tongues. Wait a second. This is not. This is not. This is not what we're doing right now. Um. I will say what we're doing is Charlotte mm. is is an amazing worker and a better worker than Becky, and. The match was actually a very good match. One of the better matches of the night. Obviously, Becky gets over with the roll-up. Great match. Great great situation afterwards. The um, Biggie Roman Reigns story. Not a lot of storytelling there. You know, Roman Reigns runs sh- rough shot over the best Xavier Woods we're ever seeing. King Woods is the best Xavier Woods we have seen to date. It's better than New Day Xavier Woods. Better than anything he's ever done. This is Xavier Woods' Kofi Mania moment, and he's doing very well with it. We love it. However, Roman is this is the best Roman Reigns we're ever getting, and he's carrying the company, and he's not going to drop anything anytime soon. So they had a couple of weeks of him stealing the crown and crushing it and beating up Xavier, and I love it. Uh, however, Big E, I think they're the the people wanted it. This is something that the WWE did get. They, they put the strap on Big E. The people wanted it. They're very excited about it. But he's in a weird place because Roman is going to be Roman until WrestleMania, period. And if it's not going to be The Rock, it's going to be Brock Lesnar. And somebody's going to have a challenge to the Roman Empire. But it's not going to be Big E in the way that we, you know, we in this on this podcast might want it to be Big E. Big E did the very best he could in regards to having a really good match with Roman Reigns. Had a good match. Roman threw, you know, took everything, vice versa. Roman walks out with the strap. And, you know, Roman's doing the best work that he can. I think I think it was a really good match. I think it showed, I think both of them leave that match doing really, feeling really good about it. Um, uh, can I make a, a quick yeah, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Um, I feel like, because I do, I'm, I'm into what's going on. I might not be watching it, but I know what's going on. And I feel like, they, the the sentiment is that WWE can't book baby faces, right? So, like, I think that um, there's always, like, the chase is always more fun than the actual result. Like, the same thing happened with Kofi Mania, and then his championship run wasn't that great. Same thing happened with Daniel Bryan, even though he got injured. You know, like um, Matt Cardona, Zach Ryder, he got the U.S. belt and then he went downhill. You know, like I I just like when you speak on that there that this Xavier Woods is the best we've you've seen. I think this is the most he's been allowed to show himself. Right. But, I, so, but it's just, yeah, it's the same. Claim. Right. So Roman is giving the opportunity to fully display himself because for years he wanted Hill Roman. We want it. 
this badass mf'er who could like you know just kick people you know like kick their butts pg um you know like when you when you allow people to be themselves in a way you get you get better results and i feel like the issue is they only seem to have a small amount of room for a certain talent to do that right because roman has a lot more creative control than big e and xavier woods you know right. even though they you know yeah no i agree 100 percent. i think we're saying the same thing in the sense of yeah. um yeah they allowed this bloodline story to play out for such a long time like it seems like such a long time now when it was the right hand like you know roman and jay uso going at it in the main event right right hand man then you bring the bloodline in but i will say to roman's credit he's owned this tribal chief thing so well and putting him with Heyman, we talked about the importance of managers you mentioned don callis earlier and 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 other folks that really can wrestling should actually have more managers, not less. Uh, like, like it seemed like every heel or, you know, character back in the day had Mr. Fuji or Jimmy Hart. We should have more of those type of folks in the business, but it was a really good spot uh, with the Paul Heyman interview that uh, a bunch of us saw offline that just said he doesn't really see a role like that in modern wrestling as much as it used to be. Uh, because people want so much of the the character, they want so much social media, wants so much of the actual talent and the, um, which is interesting because the the reason why they were like Brock Lesnar worked the way it did was because Brock isn't the type of person. Lesnar's not the type of person to give you himself. He's not going to go around and give you, you know, a vlog or like you don't know who Brock Lesnar is, real. And you right. needed Paul Heyman to be like, this is who Brock Lesnar is, right? And he was just this machine that killed folks. Um, I think the Heyman Tribal Chief stuff is great, but I do think you get more of Roman. Um, and I just love it. I just love it. Um, the interesting thing about what faces are even allowed to be able to do in regards to growth of their characters, I think is a well, really strong point. And I think they're really trying to figure it out with Biggie because so many people want it. They want Biggie is like almost the perfect person to carry the strap as a face, right? The New Day is by far the most legitimate faces you have in the company. But the question mm-hmm. is just how do you make it worthwhile? Like, how do you make it this dominant title? I have a suggestion. Sure, sure. For one, you uh, put them back together like full time. Like, you don't separate them. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people were like, um, they 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 sent B to SmackDown, right? And they knew they were on Raw. Yep. They and, split then, and then they came back together. People were like, finally. And then he won the championship and they were like, split him back up. And people were like, what? You know what I mean? Like, um, Biggie's a big star, but the New Day is like a phenomenon almost, you know? So like, if you have, if you have them to support one another, they, it's like, you know, you have to, when they were trying to build Roman, even now they always have people backing them up. No, yeah, the bloodline's great. Yeah, bloodline's the bloodline, great. you had you had the shield. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were they were put there. They were put there to highlight Roman. If you're being honest, you know what I mean? So like he has a support system, whether we notice it or not. Biggie needs the same thing, you know. Um in in the way that WWE presents people. I'm not saying everyone needs it, but in the WWE way, I feel like you need someone, you need other people that are back you 
to show you how, you know, um, a champion is because Roman's always been the most over when he's had a group with them. Right. Uh, it's interesting because I, I agree. And even to the, what was it? The SmackDown before survivor series. If you notice, uh, Big E shows up and helps Xavier. Like he, you know, beats up the Usos so they can make it a one-on-one fight. And then Big E comes out there and, and gets in Roman's face. No, they're obviously building up survival series. But the interesting thing about the new day is that even though they're split up, they're still never quite apart. They're still, you know, they'll they'll switch over to shows to give back up. You know what I mean? They're doing some things that are great. I think the new day with Biggie leading and the bloodline with Roman leading, and then you have uh the Usos and you have uh, Kofi and the King Woods. The only thing is I'm I do like this King Woods situation i don't know about kofi as the right hand man like the like the sir kofi kingston thing because i really just thought they were setting it up for a heel turn um, i love the hand to the king i think it's nerdy and fantastic i like it but and i i, you know I, I like wwe and i'm like following that my thing is line. i'm i'm of the belief where and this is an unpopular opinion i think but um i know i never want them to break up i never want them to turn heel on each other i never want to see a kofi biggie match with stakes you know what i mean and so i thought the hand of the king thing and if xavier gets too big-headed you know what i mean like then it turns into a kofi xavier fight and i was like i don't want to see it see i so i don't want to keep going on tangents here but like which we can't we are you, okay we, we don't have time I, i'll speak really i'll speak really fast okay i believe if you fantasy books big e versus kofi there wouldn't need to be a heel because the storyline is already there. When Kofi lost the belt to Brock, he became a mid-carder again. He didn't even mention the belt at all. It was a horrible, horrible storyline. He has a redemption story of his own. His best friend is the champion. He has the same championship that he had, and Kofi's sitting there as the right-hand man. Kofi needs to feel like he's the man again, and he might have to go to his best friend to do that. Nah, I don't I, don't I think it. I think it's I compelling. We got it's compelling. I just don't want to see the brothers. Roman I don't want to do it. Roman and Jay, Roman and Jay, like family fight. Nah. It's compelling. I don't want to see the brothers do that. I love them. I love them too much. All right, okay. you're talking to a, you're talking to a guy that was hurt when the hurt business broke up. Like I was writing tweets, being like, "Bring the hurt business back together." This is ridiculous. Well, I wasn't booking them to break up. I was just right, right. saying, you know, they could have a feud respectfully. Right. Where it's like I have to do this, and then Big E is showing that he can pull the trigger. He he can he can show that he's an actual main inventor. That even if it's his friend in the way, he has a family to, or he has a he has a house to to, to pay for. Uh, I have to do this. I feel no you. matter who you are. I, I think it's know. compelling. I don't love it. All right. I, last I last thing. That- no, I was just. I know, I know, but no, 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 but no, 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 because again, we the, the other things I just have to quickly say is no. they put over Omos in the 25-man battle royal. Match probably should have never happened, but they put him over. Seth Rollins and Bianca Belair were both the sole survivors of the actual Royal Rumble matches. Um, I think that's important because we need to figure out what roles both Seth and uh, Bianca are going to have. And I thought putting them over as the sole survivors were, were, were good moves. Crowd pop, surprisingly to me, Jeff Hardy, Finn Balor, both got like the hugest crowd pops, and uh, and that ended one of the so, like that was one of the ends of the um, survival series matches. So huge pop for them. 
Um, that is it. Shinsuke and Shame, Shinsuke and Damian Priest were on the pre-show. That shows you shows you what they take of them. Uh, <laughs> they weren't even on the Survival Series build. They were on the pre-show, and uh, Damian Priest is still doing his. I snap all the time. He lost the match because he snapped on boots. And I love what they're doing with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, Hill Kevin Owens is going to be great. That's it. Okay, it's all my Survival Series. That was like. Here's the thing. I love you so much that I actually looked up some stuff that happened at Survivor Series. And I was like, what can I add to the conversation? Because I don't watch this product. And just for the record, holy crap, Kevin Owens. I know that it has to be some sort of work because they had to okay it. But in my head, I just want to believe that he walked out and he was like, peace, guys. And I hate you he's all. done with the product and yeah. his contract's almost up. And he tweeted out the coordinates to Mount Rushmore. And you mm-hmm. know, Mount Rushmore is him and the homies over at AEW. Right. So in my head, Kevin walking out, I was like, I need this to be the starting. Video. He's not going anywhere. I think he might. I think he might. He might. Like, if you think about, like, once again, I, I am in tune. Cesaro, right? Was going to re- was uh, contract was ending right, so they put him in the main event. Mm-hmm. He signed. He's at the main event. The revival contracts were being renegotiated. They gave him the belts. Like, I think Kevin Owens can see was, was you know he can see the future if, if if you're asking me. Like he knows they're giving me a push now, and I'm I'm important now. But what happens when I resign? You know, like how prolonged will this? push B for me and how long will it matter that I'm on TV to them? That how long would it matter that I'm I'm an important role player here? You know, so like I do believe that if I'm Kevin Owens or Kevin Steen, I'm like, okay guys, I, I appreciate this TV time you're giving me, but I got options elsewhere. What are you gonna make it worth to me? Because all these other wrestlers don't care as much about money as people think. That's why FTR left. That's why Brody Lee left. That's why all these other wrestlers left because they care about the craft of wrestling. They care about the love of wrestling. Owens has made his money. You know, like he's been with WWE for a while now. Like he's probably, I I mean, you know, it's WWE, but he was, he was a very big star in NXT. He carried a lot of the product for a while. He's been champion. Um, He's made his money. And like, I don't think money's, I don't think money's a factor. I think, and like, as a matter of fact, I think AEW could pay more to top talent. They've probably. Got, Con, Con, Con <laughs> has more money. Um, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it was so funny when he was like, run commercials if you want to. We'll see whose money runs longer. Yeah, I felt Con, like it was Con, but Con has more money. Yeah, yeah. Moment. Um, but no, also, I think that like you've got to look at like who their people are, right? Like they, uh, I've been listening to Unrestricted a lot, and there are so many wrestlers that like came up through Chikara that are at AEW. Like, mm-hmm. these fools are having, like, family reunions every week. And it's like, Owens is close to the end of his career. I mean, he could go for another 10 or 20 years. But, you know, these, like, a lot of these younger guys, they don't want to. They want to wrestle mm-hmm. maybe into their 40s. Like, all of them look at, Sting, I think, is an exception. But especially in the in the old Sting, WWE Sting days. Sting is 62 like, years old. Sting is an exception for life. And kids. Sting is Tom Brady at this point. I don't know how he makes it happen. I heard Sabu just retired. So, I mean, if Sabu's going until now, then anyone can go until now. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, I think these new guys, 
they've watched what the industry and the amount of bump, you know, like all of them, something I hear frequently from them that you didn't hear from other guys is like a lot of them will make the comment like I've only got so many table bumps left. I've only got so many like big high falling bumps left before, you know, so I think they're more concerned about their bodies. They're more concerned about like. They should be being being, on the road right. for that long. If they're if they're putting thumbtacks in Jungle Boy's mouth and kicking him in it, they should be worried about it. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean... So um again though, like um I I I'm gonna stick by this and I'm I'm fighting for it and so you think happens. KO goes. I think you're gonna have Owens and you're gonna have uh Sami Zayn. I think both of them are gonna are gonna and Kyle Riley. Yeah. That's another one. All right, gentlemen, we are officially what about over Ricochet? time. Can we get Ricochet? Ricochet's I, really good friends with uh, Malika. They're really good friends. They're personal friends. They can't sign everybody. That's all I'm going to say. Like, they can't sign everyone. And I'm surprised that Ricochet, like, you know how, like, JTG was there forever and they weren't using him? Like, Ricochet is still there. And he's, he's, you know, like, he's still kicking. So, I mean, like, He's been known. He's been known to make a Twitter post here and there, <laughs> uh, Ricochet, about things that WWE do that he doesn't like. So, like, but he's still there. So, I thought it was interesting that Heyman said uh, Mustafa Ali is going to be the, like a huge star in WWE. He was. He said that to Arrow Hawani the other day. Oh, I think Heyman like Heyman knows the business, but Heyman knows the old business. Um, I, God, we're already so much over, but I think we've entered into a new era. Like, yes, there are still the people that are coming because it's like beer and beating people up and stuff. But like, Mm -hmm. you've got people like Kenny Omega and, uh, the Bucks and like people that have kind of shifted the culture of what this is. Adam Cole, uh, Xavier Mm -hmm. Woods, like this isn't so much like backyard rednecks fighting anymore like it's nerdy people that are like doing nerdy (laughs) stuff like enjoying wrestling and then like going home and playing like world of warcraft i don't know like i think i think the industry is changing and with them you're you're bringing in different fans that are now interested in different things i mean if you want to look up one of the most watched entrances from aew in aew history um, I've actually, I was looking at them the other day cause I'm a Mark. Um, one of the most watched ones is Kenny Omega's sans entrance. Like it's like over a million views. Like it's, it's people have like, that's the one they want to see because it's like some like nostalgia meets wrestling. So I think we're looking at a different industry and, and Heyman, I'm not going to lie. Heyman knows this business better than any of us ever will. And I, I couldn't lace his proverbial boots, but I know our generation of people. And I, I think we're, I think we're changing the business because we are a different type of folk. I disagree with your Heyman being old school uh, statement because uh, yes, you probably, finally, yes, you, you probably weren't watching anymore, but before Bruce Pritchard came back, Heyman and Bischoff were in charge, right? Heyman was behind the SmackDown Six. Heyman had guys now. He had he had Malachi Black. He had Ricochet. He had Buddy Murphy, I believe. He had newer talent that we would love. 
behind the scenes, he was pushing them. But as soon as um, Bruce Pritchard came along and they fired Eric Bischoff, they get, they got rid of um, Heyman as a as a yeah, producer. They, I was gonna say they fired cooker. Heyman too. You gotta understand, Heyman's just right. Heyman. Right, he was going that that direction. And if you look at ECW, he wasn't the he wasn't booking old school then either. If you think about it, like right. he was he always ahead of the curve. Edge with ECW. Yeah, so like I think Heyman would be the perfect guy to push new talent, but he's not allowed to. Yeah, he he is well, very you know, he, he is always, very clear. He always has the home in Jacksonville. If he <laughs> no, it, it's interesting that 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 was a really telling interview with Heyman. Um, it was a really telling interview, and I don't know. Open. No, it was a uh, BT Sports. It was Ariel Hawani. Ariel Hawani, the, the nose that knows. And the interesting thing is, I I think. Maybe you know how you were saying New Japan's promos are different than American promos. So BT Sports is based in Europe. It's like the mm-hmm. Sky Sports type thing. And maybe because I, I noticed the Seth interview post Charlotte Becky match that was really kind of honest. Like it was like this really interesting thing was for BT Sports. It wasn't for American television. The mm-hmm. Paul Heyman interview was really for BT Sports. And it was like probably the closest thing you're going to get to to Heyman not like not working even though he was working he was working the whole time but it was like he tried to give you these glimpse of glimpse of honesty and he was very clear to say hey look I have nothing to do with the creative in WWE anymore I am looked at just like a wrestler and my job as the as the counsel to Roman Reigns is x but if you asked him about AEW you asked he was given these thoughts and these jewels that were like um if I, he was like basically would say, if I was in charge, this is what I think I would do. But it wasn't too, it wasn't, he was very deferential with Mr. McMahon, you know what I mean? But it was, mm-hmm. it was this interesting glimpse. And it was, hell yeah, you know, yeah, we watched the competition, but I watch everything. It was great. It was great. It was great. Interview. I have a, I have a retort. I, you can cut me, me off quick, whenever. Okay. Over. It's not a Europe thing to me. It's not a Europe thing to me. It's more so like, you remember talking smack? Mm-hmm. Uh, Miz, um, Baron Corbin, best promos they've ever had was Absolutely. behind this, like was not in the ring. It wasn't scripted, right? They were able to be more themselves. Same thing with BT Sports. Mm-hmm. They're able to put more of their personality into what they say, and they, they're more believable that way. When you're given a script and you have to go out there and, and follow along, you're not able to present yourself fully. So, like the way that Seth or Becky or Charlotte, whoever's talked to, talk to Ariel, was the same way they were talking to Renee Paquette and Brian Danielson when talking smack was an actual thing. I do remember that. I remember uh, The Miz cut a promo on Debray uh, on talking smack, and it was phenomenal. Um, I actually recently saw somebody, you know, I, I follow all the subreddits because I'm a straight-up nerd. I'm a Mark nerd. Um, but somebody posted, it was like, um, they had like scripts from WWE uh, productions. And one was like raw, like 1990 something, right? And then it was like a, a recent one. And the one before, uh, in the from the 90s, it was like you know, like Stone Cold comes out and like you're gonna have an interaction with so so. Basically, it was like kind of like direction. Like this is what we want to happen. This is how it's gonna go. Here's the run in. And then they pulled the script from like maybe last year I think and it was literally like 
it was a script. It was word for word for word. Like there was no room for ad libbing. There was no room for adding in any of yourself into it. Um, it looked like a movie script. Um, and, and it was, it went from like a six page document that the first one was to like this, like 40 page thing that I got tired of flipping through after like the third page. Cause it was all one promo. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think the freedom to be themselves is always uh, something that the people love and uh, uncle Kiki, the, the wrestler extraordinaire commentator, we will definitely have you back um, okay. to talk shit. Cause you, you've done, you've done, you've done your due diligence and uh, we're going to have to have you back to have your big fight with Ty. But <laughs> not yet. Yeah. We got a story. We got a story. We got a story. Tell. Next okay. We got a story tell. okay. We gotta get ready. We got to write yeah. some good promos. We got a story. Tell. Um, in the meantime, in between time, you guys know how we end every week. Uh, we have to end with our he- our non-wrestling heel of the week. Uh, so, Cheats, who you got this week? Ooh, you would start with me. Um, I would. It's going to be tough. Um, a lot of things happening in real life that yeah. is heelish and depressing uh, and, and yep. super sad. Um so many ways I can go with this. I'm going to go with the gentleman. Uh, gentleman, I use the term loosely, but the man that drove his car through the parade. Um, oh I mean, I, I don't know how morbid we want to get, but it was it was an awful thing. Um, I didn't hear about this. What? I, I, I like to keep my head in the sand sometimes because yeah. I don't like to be depressed. God you bless know? you. It's a, um, it's a great place to be. Because I know we can all go to certain other situations however this one um is a clear-cut example of just uh malice and 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 unconscionable you know action so i'm not even going to say their name i'm not going to go into detail but the gentleman uh or like i said use the term loosely but the the dude that drove uh killed several innocent people children that was at a at a parade uh, is my heel of the week, and Absolutely. you know I hope that that person, uh, you know, I I'm very confident that person will get what's coming. That's it. That's it. I'm gonna move on. That was that was a tough one. Uh, we need to prayer, not do this at the end prayers, of segment. I prayers love for that. So pray, prayers for their families and the ones that. Yes. Big prayers up to all the people, and then the people that were just there. You yeah. know, like yeah. the kids there enjoying. Yeah. The no, thing. absolutely. Um, when, when it actually happened, I thought about, it was, God, it was, it was, had to have been 20 plus years ago. Cause I'm in my thirties now, but a kid got hit at the, uh, Richmond parade 20, 25, 30 years ago, but we were walking home with my grandparents after the Richmond Christmas parade. And I'm like, I'll never forget hearing their mother scream, um, for the rest of my life. Uh, so when I saw that, I, I glanced back to that thought in my mind and it's just, I can't even. You're right. Prayers. That's all that I mean. Prayers yeah. is all you can you can give and good energy to that situation. Um, Kevon, who's your heel of the week? I hope it's less depressing. It is. I mean, it has to be not wrestling, right? It has to be. Yeah. Can it be like? Heel of the week. Okay. Because uh, well, it's not a person. It's it's a thing. It is, we we'll um, take things. We take inanimate objects. Um, gas prices. It's too gas high. Gas prices. Way too high. Like, too damn I, high. Too yes, too damn high. Um, it's been killing me. Like I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like 
if I drive to the street, it might be 20 bucks. You know, like, why is it so high? Like, I'm, I'm, I have a 2004 Chevy Impala. I'm putting 50 in it, like, every day. Not every day, but every week. Like, it's too much, you know? So that that's my heel of the week. Um, they need to, Gas like... prices. Yeah. I enjoy that being a heel of the week. Uh, my non-wrestling heel of the week is actually uh, America. Um, for the <laughs> first time ever, uh, we have been listed as a backsliding democracy on the annual democracy index that is released by a uh, NGO uh, think tank. Uh, It's released every year and we just kind of, I think always took for granted that we were going to be fine. Uh, And seeing it in print took my breath away. I was like, Oh shit. (laughs) Well, all right. Way to go America. Uh, Not, not number one. (laughs) So Um, we have to to be careful because then it's like, is it America or is it the list? See, that's how they'll get you. That's how they'll get you. Right? Right? It's the list. That's what, list that's what happened. This is what we learned in the world of media. It's like, right? you know, science. The science, no, who's I, facts? It, it's my facts. And I'm mad at America. America has been personified. Oh. And I am mad at America. And America is the heel of the week, along with gas prices and fucking assholes that do dumb shit and hurt the people. We don't like that here at Wrestling Chat with Friends. We like people that love other people and put other people over, and that's what we try to do. So, Kivon, where can the good people follow you? Where can they uh, see your thoughts? I know you're not a huge social media guy. Do we just, no, have, to, they just have to wait until you come just have to wait, yeah. Yeah, just follow me here on this, on this, on this podcast. There you go. More <laughs> followers. If you have any questions for Kevon, you can direct it to at WCWF pod. Right. I answer once a year. Yeah. It's going to be great, you know. <laughs> and while you're doing like it, because we're, we're, we're horrible at this, make sure you go uh, and sign up for the Family Podcast Network. It's the Cheats Movement yes. Podcast Network.com. We're very, very excited about this show and all the other shows that we're going to be bringing uh, to the Family Podcast Network. Again, you can sign up right now and be the first to receive all the information on WCWF and other shows, the Cheats Movement Podcast Network.com. It's a lot, but uh, if you type it in, you'll find us. The Cheats Movement Podcast Network.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we ran long today, but you know, it was our stuffed episode. So we're we're stuffing it with content. We're all happy. Um, Kivon, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you guys, we will see you after the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, we can't wait to, to get our, our friendly uh, neighborhood Stanford company man back in. Ty will be back with us next week. Um, and we have some amazing guests coming up. Um, we're really excited. Can't wait to um, even just announce the people that were coming up. We have a, a local promotion coming to town. And um, we're also going to get some good folks on that can tell us more about music in the wrestling business. Ooh, what could that be? Tupac to... fans, shout out. Oh, my you know God. You're 03 Greedo. Talk right offline now. About this you know what? <laughs> I was going to. I was going to. We got to end the show now. We have to end the show die now. In LA. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know how we got to end. You doesn't stop till the three count on the mat. So one, two, three. Catch you guys next time.